Right. We'll do a little recap of what we've been over so far. Uh, here in chapter 31, verses 1 through 10, uh, the children of Israel have went and fixed to go to battle with the the Midian, uh, the Midianites. Uh, I guess you could say this was a holy war because God is the one that that that, that declared it or, or told them to, to go out against Midian. Because and do we remember why the reason why God told them to go out to war against the Midian uh, Midianites? That's the one that the people of Israel to fall. That's right. And what was the sin that they caused them to? Sleeping with the Midianite women. That's right. Caused them going to idolatry. And who was the one who caused them to do that? Who, who, who's the one that told, told the Midianites or showed the Midianites how? It was Balaam's plan. That's right, Balaam. That's right, Balaam. And he did that for what? He wanted to do it for. Brother, while you, since you money mentioned that. Yes. Money. Why did Judas betray Jesus? Because right. of money. Yes. Since you mentioned that and. Uh, it's current events. I listened to a preacher on uh, YouTube or something, and he happened to be in New York City when they unveiled the new synagogue of, of uh, Baal. Yes, sir. In New York City, and, and it's going wide open. They don't know. I don't know. He didn't have to say how many members they had, yes. but they have dedicated a whole brand new synagogue to Baal. In New York City, just a couple months ago. You know, in in, in our, you know, I've had people who, <coughs> who are Christians or say they're Christians. You know, when I'll make a comment and it, and I don't know if it's the way I say it or not, but you know, me personally, you know, all the false religions in this country should be eradicated and destroyed from the shores of this country, like Islam and, the, and Islam ain't nothing but a religion of violence is all it is. Freedom of religion don't mean yeah, we've got to live any religion that wants to. That's right. But you know when you you say that, I've had people tell me, oh, you're 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 not loving. And I'm right. like, no, that's not. You're, they twist no. it around to where you're. God, you're, you know, God told the Israelite children not to allow this stuff in amongst you because if it does, it's going to lead you in the wrong direction. That, and, and that's in our country, you know, like I said, freedom of religion, we like any kind of religion is mess and anyway, and it, and it shouldn't. We should. Now here Israel, now did, did, did Israel have to, uh, Israel didn't have to commit this sin of idolatry and, and, and immorality. And when it says, when the Bible uses the word immorality, it's talking about sexual, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sexual. Perversion. Right, sexual perversion. That's right. When the Bible uses the word immorality, most of, most of the time it's talking about sexual perversions. Now the chief offenders here, Israel committed the sin. They didn't have to, but the chief offenders were the Midianites for for uh, uh, for these offenses because they caused the children of Israel to do it, so they had to be punished. And you could read about it in Matthew 18, verse 7. It talks about about that. Now we see here a picture of the, you know, well, on that we see a picture of a military engagement that is about to take place here. Uh, you know, when it when the Bible uses military terms, when it talks about military things, I, I, to me personally, I understand it better. 
don't know why, I guess it's called all the years I was in the military, I guess. But I understand when it talks about, you know, using <coughs> military terms and stuff. But here we're about to see, we see a picture of a military engagement that is about to take place. Moses told the people to select how many men out of each tribe? A thousand from each tribe, which would make up 12,000 12, 12, men that were ready for war. He told them to arm them and get them ready and send them out to war uh, against the Midianites. And the number 12 in the Bible, I don't know if any of y'all you know, believe in, I, I won't say believe, but put any faith in numbers in the Bible, but the Bible is full of numbers. And God uses numbers because God is a great mathematician, and you cannot disprove a number. Okay, I don't care how hard you try. You can't disprove a number. That's why I believe God set the Bible up and He uses numbers. And the number 12 in the Bible represents divine authority or divine government. It's what it represents. So uh, so we see here there's 12,000 12, uh, going out. He's sending out to war. So uh, Phineas, do we remember who Phineas is? I guess I'm saying his name right. Yeah. Phineas. Phineas was the son of Eleazar, which was the son of Aaron. Aaron. So Phineas was the grandson of, of Aaron. And what was he, I guess you say, famous for? What was the one thing we just studied about, I don't know, a couple weeks ago that he did that he stopped was, a plague in the camp of Israel? He was the one that went in and Camp That's in right. Front of the, in front of the tabernacle. Uh, and and why were the the children of Israel there at the the, the door of the camp of meetings? Meeting. Why why were they there? Crying out to God for repentance. That's right, because they have caused what they had just done, the, the idolatry and the morality. And like I said, one of the one of the Israelite men brought this Midianite woman into the to the to the camp while they were doing this, and went into the tent. And Phineas went in with a spear and run it through both of them and killed them. And that stayed the plague in in Israel. And uh, and twenty four thousand had died because of that plague right there, just because of that. Now. Uh, Now Phineas took the holy vessels and, and, and the trumpets from, uh, for the alarm in his hands and, and he went out with Israel to fight the Midians. Okay? Uh, they killed every male child including the five kings of Midian. They killed Baal the prophet of Beor. Uh, and it, the Bible calls Baal what? He calls, they call, call him a a false prophet. Baal was a false prophet. And uh, they killed him. The sons of Israel captured the women and the little ones. Uh, they captured all the animals and all the goods. They burned all the cities and camps where the Midianites lived. And the sons of Israel had brought everything to Moses and Eleazar, the priest. Now when Moses and Eleazar and the priests and all the leaders of the congregation went out to meet, Meet them outside the camp. 
what happened to Moses? Or how did Moses become? Was he happy or was he mad? Did he get mad? He was mad. He was mad. He was mad. Why was he mad? That's right. They didn't. They didn't do what God had told to. They saved the women and the children, and they were to kill. To kill was to kill uh, 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 everything. So he told them. So Moses told them to kill every male among the little ones. Okay, but to keep and kill the women who had known a man, and save the. The, the, the young girls who had never known a man who, who were virgins. So, and, and he told them to keep them, that they could keep the virgins or the young girls for themselves. Now, that was just a little recap of what, what had taken place. Now we're in verse 19 here. Uh, of chapter? Sir? Of 30? Uh, 31. 31, okay. Yes, sir. Uh, so we're in verse 19 of chapter 31. Who wants to read 19 through 24? 19 through 24. I'll read it. And as for you, remain outside the camp seven days. Whoever has killed any person and whoever has touched any slain, purify yourselves and your captives on the third day and on the seventh day. Purify every garment, everything made of leather, Every woven of goat's hair, everything woven of goat's hair, and everything made of wood. Then Eleazar the priest said to the men of war who had gone to the battle, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord commanded Moses. Only the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, the tin, and the lead, everything that can endure fire, you shall put through the fire, and it shall be clean, and it shall be purified with the water of purification. But all that cannot endure fire, you shall put through water, and you shall wash your clothes on the seventh day, and be clean, and afterward you may come into the camp. Alright. Now since, uh, <clears throat> here in these verses, since the soldiers had been defiled in the battle by touching uh, dead bodies, they had to follow or obey the law of cleansing, which is in Numbers 19, 11, and 13. Uh, and Moses applied this same rule to the female captives who now were expected to obey Jewish law. Uh, whether at peace or at war, it was very important to Israel to keep a holy relationship with God. So it is with who? The church. It is imperative that we keep a holy relationship with God as well. True. That's right. Uh, the Lord is walking in we've heard Brother Gary say it several times, numerous times what is the Lord doing to his church what is he doing when we, he's walking in amongst the candlesticks Okay, and if we ain't doing what he's supposed to we don't keep a holy relationship with him what, what will he do he'll remove our candlesticks that's what he said so so we have to keep a holy relationship with God. Uh, he said that <clears throat> in, uh, here Israel had to make a difference between clean and unclean. The same, uh, the same goes for the church today. The church today will allow all kinds of mess in the church. It don't matter, you know. If it, you know, and I don't understand why people want to listen to 
say this so I don't say it ugly. Listen to people like movie stars and stuff like that, you know, on TV, talk about that they're Christians and and there's all kinds of different ways to heaven and we allow that stuff into the, the church and and anyway. We need to keep a holy relationship with God. There could be no comparison uh, or no compromise with Israel and there could be no compromise with the church. Now, this week-long period of purification would, would remind the people in the camp and the 12,000 soldiers that the uh, nations around them were dangerous and, and they were their enemies and also that they were unclean sinners that could, uh, could uh, uh, tempt them and defile them like what had happened at Beer Pool. So we have to to uh, keep a holy relationship with God and people not allow all types and manners of things in the church that are sinful. We have to we have to uh, uh, keep them out. Uh, And then in the number seven in the Bible also represents what does anybody know what seven stands for in the Bible? Number of completion. Completion. The number of completion is right. Some people say perfection, completion. Well you can be it can be complete but not be perfect. So the number seven it stands for completion. Well it's God's number, so he's perfect, so that's right. he's perfect. So the number you, you know, like I said, the God deals with numbers all, all throughout the Bible. Like I said, you can't disprove the number. Uh, we see here, uh, okay, now the spoils of battle. We see here that that the spoils of battle were distributed. How many ways were they distributed here? Twelve ways. Distributed each tribe. Yeah, it was distributed. What it was when they had you had the soldiers and you had the camp. Okay, and half they took and it, and they half and half. That's right, they half and half. They, the soldiers got half of, of the spoils, and the camp got half of the spoils. Okay, and uh, and then the half that the soldiers got, God told them to give. I guess you would say a tithe. Give them a tithe of what they got, and then the people of the camp had to give a tithe of what they got. Uh. <clears throat> so, the soldier's part was one person or one and one animal out of every five hundred. That's what they had to give. Okay, one person and one animal out of every five hundred. But the people in the camp had to give one person and one animal out of every fifty. So, uh, they did this as Moses commanded them because God had told Moses to, uh, to tell them to do this. Uh, now the spoils that was taken in the battle from Midian, there was 675,000 sheep, there were 72,000 cattle, there were 61,000 donkeys, and there was 32,000 people. Okay, and that was divided up two ways. <coughs> so that means the soldiers and the camp each got 337,500 sheep. They got 36,000 cattle apiece. They got 300, I mean 30,500 donkeys apiece and they got 16,000 people apiece. And these 16,000 people were, were they men, women, 
boys, girls, what were they? They were girls who had never been with a man. That's right, they were all women. They were all virgins, girls that, that, that had never been with a man. That's right. So, now out of this, the Lord said, my part, the soldiers had to give 840 and, uh, 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 all together total people and animals was 840. That's what they had to give the Lord. So that means it was 675 sheep that they had to give the Lord, 72 cattle they had to give the Lord, 61 donkeys they had to give to the Lord, and 32 people they had to give to the Lord. Okay? And the congregation had to give 8,400 of, of the same thing. So I didn't go through and break it down and see how many it was of them, but but it was 8,400 in total of people and animals. Now the Lord told Moses to tell the sons of Israel to give these people and animals to, that belonged to him to who? Who did he tell them to give them to? The Levites. The Levites. He told them to give them to Eleazar, the priest, which in turn would, you know, they would give them, uh, he would give them to distribute out through the through the Levites to do the work in the tabernacle ministry. Now the women were given jobs to assist the Levites. Now these tasks are found in Exodus 38.8 and 1 Samuel uh, 2.22. So I'll read it real quick and see uh, so you know what the duties were. 38. It says, and uh, they made the louver of brass and the foot of it uh, of brass, and the lookness of uh, the looking glass of the women assembling, which assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So, what it was the women would be at the door of the tabernacle, uh, performing performing duties. That's what it was. Uh, now. We see that on down a little further, it's about, uh, about 48, I guess. Verse 48, we see here that uh, the officers uh, that were over the 12,000 Israelite soldiers brought a special gift to the Lord. Do we know what that special gift was? The special gift, what it was, is it, it was 132 officers, and I, they brought a gift that uh, it was called the atonement. Atonement. Uh, if I can see where I wrote it down, uh, atonement. Making atonement is what it was called. They were making atonement for their selves. Uh, in Exodus 30, 11 through 16, it speaks about every time they did a census in Israel. That the, the males 20 years of age and older had to bring a uh, half shackle of silver, silver to the temple and it was called atonement money. So here these officers when they went out and they counted all their 12,000 men to see how many had died or how many survived and when they counted them they hadn't lost any. They hadn't lost any. All 12,000 of them had survived the battle. So they come and they brought uh, they brought all the they brought gold that they had got from their the the, the uh, spoils and they offered it as an atonement to the Lord because they recognized that the only the Lord could have done this 
and brought and could have done this for them. Uh, that's, it is one thing to bring offerings to God as a duty, okay, but it's another thing when you bring a bring an offering to God uh, because of something you, uh, uh, to Him out of love of what He's done for you. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of people, you know, they do it out of do things that for God out of duty, but they don't do it because they love Him. And that's, you know, where the rituals, I guess you say, ritualistic things of the church happen. It's just done by duty. But these these people recognize that God was the one who who gave them this victory and the one that God knew that <clears throat> that He was the reason why they didn't lose anybody. So they want to do something extra. And when the officers spoke about making atonement for themselves, they were in no way saying that their gold that they were bringing uh, were going to get <clears throat> and give to the Lord was a gift that could save their souls. You know, a lot of you know. In first, uh, in Peter, uh, Peter, First Peter one eighteen and nineteen, it speaks about uh, that. Each time there was a, like I said, there was a census taken 20 years and older. They had to bring a half shackle of silver to the, to the temple. Uh, instead of, uh, of bringing silver, they brought gold. And gold to us is what? One of probably the most precious things that, that, that far as material wise, materially wise that we could have. So that's what they brought to the Lord. It was 400 pounds of gold is what they brought to the Lord to give to him. And they gave it to, to Moses and Eleazar, the priest, and they in return put, uh, placed it into the sanctuary. Uh, And that's what they, they took it, uh, and I was reading somewhere that what this gold that they would bring to the sanctuary, they would do, they would put it into, somehow into the building of the sanctuary is what they took this atonement money, what they called it, and they built, put it in the pillars or something, I, I can't remember what it was, somewhere in the temple to help, I guess, build the temple or strengthen the temple. I, I, I don't know, it didn't make no sense to me when I read it, but anyway, that's what they did with it. That says here it was chapter 32, Reuben and Gad inheritance. Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle, and, and when they saw the land of Jezar and the land of Gilead, they, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spoke unto Moses and Eleazar the priest and unto the uh, princes of the congregation saying, Atheroth and Debon and Jezreel and Nimrod and Heshbon and Aliyah and Shebam and Nebo and beyond even the, the countries which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is the land for cattle and the, and the servants have cattle. Wherefore said they, if we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for possession, and bring us not over Jordan. So, here, what are they asking? What is Reuben and the children, children of Gad asking for? They're asking the portion, not on 
the side of the promised land to ask and it's to stay on this side of the promised yeah. land. Was that a mistake or was that? Yep, big mistake. What, what, why do you think it was a big mistake? Because when Jesus came and he went across the river and Sunday, it was nothing but pagans and everybody was lost. It was a destroyed land, basically. Nothing, there was nothing promised there. It was, it was a fallen land when Jesus came and saw it. I agree with Brother Ricky. It was a, it was a mistake because they were leaving they were leaving a, a place that represented uh, sin, idolatry, worship, uh, 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 all kinds of immoralities, and God was giving them a new land, of, uh, like I say, uh, I guess you say a fresh start, mm -hmm. brand new start, and they they wanted to stay in. Me personally, I look at they want to stay in Egypt. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to go to the new land, so so they stayed on the the uh, the other side of Jordan. Now it's in verse six, and Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, "Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here?" So what are you saying? Say y'all want to stay on this side of the Jordan, while while the other ten tribes go across the Jordan, and they're fixing to fight the. The nations that are over there, and y'all gonna stay here, and y'all y'all not gonna do any fighting. Y'all gonna live, you say, peaceable, uh, peacefully. That's what he's saying. And wherefore, verse seven says, wherefore discourage ye uh, the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord had given them? Had that already happened once before? That's right. When the twelve spies come back and. And they gave the ten gave the false report, and Caleb and Joshua told us, "No, we can take it." For the hearts of the, the men, it, it discouraged them, so they didn't go over. So forty years they wandered around in the wilderness. So <clears throat> Moses was scared that this was, you know, this would take place again or could take place again. Verse eight it said, uh, "Thus did your fathers when I sent them from." Kedosh Barea uh, to see the land for when they went up into the valley of Eshcol and saw the land they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them and the Lord's anger was kindled at the same time and he swore saying surely none of these men that came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore unto Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob because they had not wholly followed me. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneth, the Kenzanite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord. And the, Lord, the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and he made them wander in the wilderness forty years until the generation that had, drove, uh, had done evil and the sight of the Lord was consumed. And behold, ye are risen up in your your father's steed, and increased uh, increase of sinful men to argument yet uh, the uh, to yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. For if ye turn away from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. Verse 16, And they came near unto him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities and for our little ones. But we ourselves will, will go 
already armed before the children of Israel until we have brought them unto the place and our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return unto our homes until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance. So what he's saying, what are they saying there? We'll go fight. Right, we're gonna go fight. We're gonna go we are gonna go fight. And then when all the our brothers are settled on this side, we'll go back to our homes. But first he was at you know, they were able to let us build our cities and stuff for our cattle, for our children, and, and then we'll go fight. <clears throat> for it says in verse nineteen, so for we will not inherit with them on the other side of Jordan or forward, because our inheritance has fallen to us on this side, uh, Jordan eastward. So Moses, and Moses said unto them, If you will do this thing, if you will go armed before the Lord to war, and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until uh, he hath driven out the enemies from before him, and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterwards you shall return to him, uh, guiltless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build your cities and your little ones and folds for your sheep, and do that which hath proceeded out of your mouth. So Moses is telling them, if you don't do it, you're going to pay for it. So if you don't do it, you're going to pay for it. So, but... They went over, they, they, like I said, they went over, they, they built their cities and they went over and they fought with the, the, other, uh, the, ch the children. And it says, the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spoke to Moses saying, Thy servants will do as my Lord commanded. Our little ones, our wives and our flocks and all our cattle shall be there in the cities of uh, Gilead. But thy servant, <coughs> servants will pass over every man armed for war before the Lord to battle. As my Lord said, so they 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 went to war with them. So, so verse twenty eight. So concerning them, Moses commanded Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the chief fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. And Moses said unto them, If the children of Gad and the children of Reuben will pass with you over Jordan, every man armed to battle before the Lord, and the land shall be subdued before you. Then you shall give them the land of Gilead for possession. But if they will not pass over with you armed, they shall ha have possession among you in the land of Canaan. So what, is, what, what was he saying there? If you go over and fight, you can, your possession will be on what you've asked for. But if you don't go over and fight, you, you're going to have to take your possession in the, the land of, of Canaan. You're not going to be able to stay over here is what, he, what he's saying. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, As the Lord has said unto thy servant, so will we do. We will pass over armed before the Lord into the land of Canaan, and the possession of our inheritance on this side of Jordan may be ours. In verse 33, it said, Moses gave unto them, even to the children of Gad and the children of Reuben, and the half the tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the king of Sion, uh, the kingdom of Sion, king of the Amorites, in the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land which the cities thereof, <clears throat> in the coast, even the cities of the country round about. And the children of Gad built Debon and Ashtaroth and Orah, 
and Ashtoreth, Sephon, and Jazir, and Jagbehath, and I can't, and the rest of them cities there, y'all can read it. I, I can't pronounce But anyway, they crawled, the, the, the Reuben and Gad here in verse 30, uh, chapter 32, talk, is, is dealing with, uh, they want to stay on the, the, the east side of Jordan. They don't go, on, go into the promised land. And Moses has just told them, if you go over and fight, you can have this over here on the east side of Jordan that you want. But if you don't go fight, you got to take your position in the in the promised land. So that's basically that's all that whole chapter is about. Reuben and Gad fight, going over and fighting with uh, the children of, of Israel. Has anybody <clears throat> got anything to elaborate on that? Because that's well, I was just usually when Moses makes a decision like that, he goes to the Lord first. And I don't know that he did, but it didn't say he did here. I was just. Uh, well, I'm sure I, I'm sure he did because Moses didn't do anything until the yeah, until so that was the Lord seen. about it. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I am sure he did. he spoke with the Lord about it before he, before he before he did it. But uh. The, the children of Israel, you know, they they we're just like them. They we disobey God. So like the two tribes, like Brother Ricky said, they to me they shouldn't have stayed on that side of the Jordan. They should have went over in the Promised Land, but they wanted to stay over there. And we're like that. They they to me that was a sign of rebellion. They were. Were, were, were rebellious uh, and, and we're that, that way as well or at least I am I don't know about y'all God, God tells me to do stuff and I don't do it I don't so well I guess we're going to stop right there y'all we got about 15 minutes left I'm going to apologize for boring you to death but it's kind of, I want to say it's kind of self-explanatory. This this past chapter <coughs> just did it, <coughs> but it's there for a purpose. God would have put it there, but what didn't mean something. Well, I guess they were looking at that land on the east side of the Jordan, and they said, "This is beautiful. This is perfect land for our cattle and stuff." Right. Said it'd be a good place to stay. Yeah. You know they. But in the. In my study Bible, you know, it mentions that God expects total commitment, not just. That's right. You know, right. a lot of people want to obey the Lord. They want a little bit of what they want too. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. You know, you got to be. Right. Because they had told them to go into the promised land and possess it, but they wanted to stay on the other side. And that's what it is that they figure they ain't took picture, sir. They wasn't looking at the whole picture. They was just looking at the, what would be good for the cattle. They wasn't looking at what would be good for them. That's right. That's right. If they didn't stop and think about it, if the Lord had told them to go into the promised land, he'd take care of the cows. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's like, you know, we, it's like they, they, it was like they wouldn't walk in by faith. They were walking by sight. What they could see is what they put their faith in. And we're like that too. We, 
we're bad about putting our faith in what we can see, though. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because what is faith? Faith ain't. You can't have faith in something that you can see. All right. If that makes any sense, it does in my head. And I know I didn't explain that right. Well, they looked out and they were satisfied with what they right. what they, they could go. see. Right. This this is good enough for us. Right. They didn't trust that there might be something better on the other side. <clears throat> right. They didn't they didn't go in and see what there was to see and then say, you know what, we'd really like our stuff from the other side. Because that was better for our cattle, and so they didn't—they they based it just on what they could see, right. not what what was to come. And yeah. so many times that was—that's what we do. We see what's right in front of us and say, "Oh, this will satisfy me." And God's going, "But over there, yeah, <laughs> you'll just trust me a little further." Yeah, I got something so much. Better I got something for so much better for you. <laughs> but you want to be satisfied with this? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, that's where we are. Mm -hmm. We got we we want this. We're satisfied with this. We want this right here. And God, the whole time is telling you, no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, well, yeah, God, I do. This is what I want. And the whole time he's like, no, I got something else better, better for you. Just like you said, just just, just a little bit further. Just go a little bit further. But we want to. What we see is what what we want. Put our faith in it. It all comes down to we think we're smarter than God. And, you know, I see it all the time. You're watching the news or whatever, and you see things happening in this world today, and you, and you can just sit back and say, people think you're smarter than God. And this is, it's going to destroy you one of these days. Yeah. All they've got to do is look at the past. And see what happens yeah. if you don't have complete faith in it. You learn your lessons there if you look back, but you still don't do that. They pushed in, oh, that was, you know, something thousand years ago. You know, things are different yeah. now. Yeah, they don't fly. Exactly. That's old school. Yeah. <laughs> How they push it. Yeah, we think we're smarter than God. Yeah. We're not. We're not. It just, it just baffles my brain. Like I say, you turn on the TV and see folks. It's just, I'm like, how? Oh, I just don't understand. I, I don't. But anything anybody else want to say? Hated a board job in that, but <laughs> you did a better job than I could do. <laughs> when I get up here and get to rambling, my brain goes running 500 different directions. I want to say one thing, and then something else comes out of my mouth, and I forget it. And that's anyway, that's just me. That's what. Kind of like uh, Abraham and Lot. Lot saw that the plains of what was his real well watered. Yeah. And he chose that, but he ended up finding down there what Sodom Gomorrah yep. place. Mm -hmm. Living a lot, a lot of living a lot among a lot of sinful people. Yes, sir, yeah, just like Reuben <laughs> and Gad, they had seen the goodness of land, they were satisfied with it. That's what life was. He looked down to the down through the across the plains, they were seeing how seen how good it was, and so he chose that. 
Well, Jericho, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was it was a tall cliff to climb up to Jericho, across the Jordan. So they couldn't see the promised land from there. All they could see is, is cliffs up in front of them. So they, they, they couldn't see the plains of, of the promised land. They couldn't see out. It was a land of milk and honey, whatever. All they could see was what was in front of them, and they were not willing to trust God. Right. And that's the way, you know, and that's the way we are. We, you know, we're, we can't see it. God's telling us to, to move, you know, tell us to go, tell us to go, but we can't see it. So we don't, we don't trust God. God, I, I can't see it, I can't see it. Well, that's, you know, that's where faith comes in. Faith is not uh, is it, not what you can see. Is faith is what you can't see. Put faith in God. Have you ever seen God? Has anybody in here ever seen God? No, I've never seen the area. But you have faith in Him, right? Well, you know, Adam and Eve did. Did Adam and Eve live by faith, or did they live by sight? They lived by sight. Who said that? They lived by sight. Why did they live by sight? They walked with God. They seen Him. They knew who God was. They walked with Him. They talked with Him. So Adam and Eve walked by sight. Everybody after them has walked by faith because they've never seen God. Right. Anything else anybody wants to say? Like I said, I apologize for boring you. But... Better to be bored here than bored watching TV. Yes, I I can watch TV. (laughs) Well, it's not bored. It's it's interesting. I I just can't believe. Well, I can. I do believe. All the things that God asked the Israelites to do and the many nations that they conquered and the the nations, whenever they revolted against God, the, the nations that overcome Israel, and it's just endless stories, and it's just fascinating reading of how they survived this long yeah, with like, everything that's come against them, and as many times they turned their back on God. Right. It's like they haven't learned. It's like Miss Terry said, well, right. you know, history shows we don't learn from history." The only yeah. reason they did never survived is because he made that covenant with. Abraham. That's right. I, Abraham, I didn't I heard a high school teacher. Uh, I'm not sure she was talking to me or somebody else. But she said, I want to tell you something. Experience is the best teacher, but a fool will learn no other. <laughs> and that stuck with me. I said, we need to learn this the hard way, but we need to take it for what it's worth. And if you can't learn it from experience, and from what's going on, then you're never going to. You know, sir, that's right. You know, what is it you can... My wife says that. She tells me it all the time. <laughs> and I don't be able to remember. She's talking about you can teach stupid, but you can't... Or you can teach ignorance, but you can't teach stupid. Yeah, right. You know, my wife tells me that all the time. That old saying about... So you just figure out which one I am. <laughs> It's better to, to be thought stupid than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, another, that's another good one right there. We just thought you were stupid, but now we know you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you just proved it. All right, listen in, y'all. We'll be dismissed. <laughs> Thank you all for allowing me to, to do Bible study tonight. I, I appreciate it. Like I said, I get to rambling on sometimes, but I enjoy doing it. Yeah, I really do. Anytime we get an opportunity to talk about the Lord, about His Word, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Brother A.D., would you leave us a word of prayer? Once again, Lord, we're thankful for the very privilege of coming together like this, Lord, to worship You, to praise You, to read Your Word, study Your Word, and learn, Lord, what You would have us to learn. Those that have been mentioned tonight that need healings, Lord, we know by the promise of Your Word that it if it is your will, you can and will heal them completely and fully. There are many people struggling in this day and time. We ask you, Lord, to fill them with your spirit, to uplift them, to guide them, direct them, and lead them, Lord, to hunger and thirst after righteousness, Lord. We thank you for what's going on in the slowdown of the war in Ukraine and Russia. And somehow, Lord, your hand has got to be in that. We have got to learn to get along with one another, even with different beliefs. Thank you, O oh God, for those that are here. Those that are not here, Lord, we ask you to build a fire in them, Lord. Touch their hearts, souls, and minds, Lord, to come to be with other people of like beliefs. We thank you, O oh God, for all the many blessings that you've given to us, this beautiful rain today, and we look forward, Lord, to what tomorrow brings. And hopefully, Lord, we're one day closer to your coming back. We thank you, Lord, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.